pleasure whatsoever to present your hosts, Robbie and Greg. Hello, and welcome to the Cult Video Vault. I'm Robbie with my co-host Greg. In every episode, we pull a movie from the vault and discuss if it qualifies as a cult film. Greg, how are you? I'm good. How are you, buddy? I'm good. Uh, I'm no, never going to be a vegetarian. Oh, really? It's obviously deadly, dangerous. I think it's really clever of the goblins to go about not eating meat by turning meat into plants. But I guess they're still eating meat, right? I, it's a loophole. That's how you get around <laughs> it. We are discussing Troll 2 today. Are 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 the 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 best worst movie? It's one of them. It is one of them. It is a movie. I believe you just said it, it better experienced. That Absolutely. you have to experience. You have to you have to buckle yourself in and, uh, and and strap yourself in and enjoy the ride for what it is. Yeah, I I love Troll Two as a group experience. As a solo experience, it's kind of self torture. <laughs> I it's not even I didn't, I didn't find it torturous uh watching it rewatching it uh, re-watching I, I agree with you. It, rewatching it but watching it for the first time you have to have someone else in the room with you and just be able to look at them like is this really happening did you see that too am i hallucinating uh troll 2 is I think is better experienced as a group. I didn't find it torturous by myself. I just, it's more, it, be, it becomes more baffling. It becomes yes. more of a, that kind of confounding experience of your, cause there's no one to bounce thoughts off of. There's no one to go, what is going on? There is more, you are left to your own to like, what is, did I just see that? What is happening? Like, what is exactly it? it and it's a, the, the the I even told you this. I feel like we're going to be talking around the movie instead of about it because it never stops being confounding. There never is a moment in the film where you go, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, From absolutely. beginning to end, there is never, there's no recognizable human behavior. That is, that is correct. This is as if aliens came down and made a movie about humans and was like this is how humans are plain and simple and that's my, i think that's my first question it, and it and it's just and i think everything revolves around it is like i've seen best worst movie the documentary the documentary about troll 2 which mm-hmm. is fun it's a yeah. fun it's a fun you know pairing you watch troll 2 and then you watch the documentary it, it pairs very nicely it illuminates on some of the why and how there but there's that's there's there i think there's some doubt still in my mind even after watching the documentary after seeing claudio forgasso like confounded by people find his movie funny (laughs) this poor italian man apparently who's like but you look into claudio forgasso and this is what he did yeah he made low budget low budget you know genre pictures horror films and and sold them with and made just enough money to make more like it's and which you know there's lots of those guys in the 80s and the 90s there's still those people today to be perfectly frank yeah uh but how can he think does he think that his movies are art dude of course they're art okay why wouldn't they be art Uh, well 
<laughs> I don't know. It. I mean, at a certain point, it becomes product for to pe- for people like that. Like, there's not a. But if you go when, back, if you if you go back and watch Best Worst Movie, he talks mm-hmm. specifically about that. This is a social commentary about mm-hmm. vegetarians and that their friends, him and his wife, they 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 created this movie together. Their friends turned vegetarian. And they wanted to make a movie where the vegetarians are the monsters. <laughs> I realize that. But when you see the product on film, and like, I could eat, you and me together, we could sit down and write a script for that movie probably in an hour. Oh, absolutely. Like, like a monster movie, like invasion, basically an invasion of the body snatchers, which is basically what this is. It's just that same. It's that same formula, invasion of the body snatchers. Okay, but you know where? Oh, there's you're in a new town. People are being taken over, being controlled by something. You don't know what it is. The mystery. There's new people coming into town. Oh yeah, I mean it's got all the familiar story beats that we've seen before in other like quote unquote horror movies, and or any monster movies. How about that? Where you know Mm -hmm. you have this this alien or supernatural thing that is controlling a town of individuals. And then you've got the, the protagonists or that are trying to figure out what's happening and escape the town with their lives. Uh, it's a, it's a classic story, but, but, but <laughs> every single moment. And like, that's the thing. It's not like, and that's, and I think the confounding thing is like the filmmaking is proficient. Yes. Like yeah. yes. the shots are, it's not like, you know, you watch some and people like, yeah, there, I, there, I, I are, to, there is some talent behind it. And I think again, whenever we talk about cult, cult classics is that you can tell people are putting out their best effort that they believe in what they are doing. And that shines through some of the awkward, cringy, terrible moments where it's just like, okay, I'm I'm going to side with the filmmakers on this one because I know they are trying so damn hard. They're trying. I don't think there's a, I don't I, I think I love the dad. The dad in this movie, I love him. I love the actor, I love the dad, I love him. The dentist. Isn't that wonderful? Come on to bed. <sighs> Just think. We'll be living like our ancestors did. Yeah, we'll be peasants and farmers. Just like people did a century ago. I but I don't think I like anyone else in the movie. <laughs> okay, okay. So, um, Grandpa Seth needs his own movie. Oh no, Grandpa Seth. Grandpa Seth, because so so we've got the the magic grandpa ghost. Magic grandpa and magic grandpa <laughs> ghost. He's dead. He's been dead for six months, but for some reason. Not only back. not only is he talking to his grandson, but he can also do magic. He can stop time. He can tell his grandson to get on top of the table and piss on dinner. Do you see this writing? Do you know what it means? Hospitality. And you can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it! Uh, dude, I, dude, this movie has freaking everything, man. Like, goblins, magic grandpa ghosts, chlorophyll, chlorophyll blood, 
but there's not a single troll in the enti- <laughs> in the entirety of Troll Two. Okay, if this movie it, was called just Goblins, yes, does that change anything? Does that change how good the movie, like how enjoyable this is? I think that changing it from Goblins to Troll Two as a marketing tactic makes it even more uh, strange and brings up even more questions of the why and how around this movie. If it was just released as Goblins, I'm sure we would talk about it. But the fact that it was released as Troll 2 gives us even more reason to dig into the why and how this movie even got made. But that, there's still the I think this and the, there's I think it's part of the beauty of a good bad movie is how like what how did how are they so blind to how tone deaf every single moment is so like, they a lot of the a lot of the cast or uh, distribution company. Be- believes that it was a language barrier issue that it was not easy on set because there was a big language gap between the director and his wife and the American cast and crew and I I have okay when you watch movies from different countries mm-hmm. you can tell that there are different social norms of interaction that don't translate well into either the the American stereotypes or... Okay, let me take it back. There are tons of Japanese movies where social interactions happen that seem very awkward, that there's no way that people actually talk like that. But obviously... Oh, I'm getting a phone call. Damn it. Here we go. We'll take that again. Okay. What was I saying? The Japanese movies. Japanese movies. Okay. When you're watching a Japanese movie and there's a social interaction that doesn't really make sense from an American perspective, somehow it works because that movie is very popular in Japan. That it's accepted as like, yes, that's a normal social interaction. But if you were to do that in an American movie, everybody would be like, no, we don't do that. So I'm going to assume that with Troll 2, that there were certain interactions or delivery in dialogue that the director was just like, yeah, sure, that works. That sounds American. It's like uh, when you Google Translate things. Exactly. And it it messes it up a little bit, and you do that back and forth a couple times, and suddenly it's a different language altogether. It's just not there. It's right, and yeah. then you pair that with amateur actors. I I think it's a, a combination of amateur actors, but also actors that are doing exactly what the director asked. That if the director says nope, do it this way, or yes, I like that take, you're going to continue to do that, right? Hey, hey, Robbie. Mm-hmm. Who are the goblins? Michael. Yeah. Who are the goblins? Dude, the fact that she straight up just looks her husband in the face on the couch. Who are the goblins? What a weird fucking line. And she, the mother, is the queen of the most awkward deliveries in this film. 
in my opinion, and some of the most quotable stuff that me and my friends, we will just look at each other and be like, who are the goblins? <laughs> or in the middle of, like I play Dungeons and Dragons, I'll just look at my friend Mike and I'll be like, Mike, sing that song I like so much. And he'll start singing, row, row, row your boat. I, oh my God, I cannot. T- it's Joshua, start singing. Come on, sing that song I like so much. I don't feel like singing, Mom. Just sing. Row, row, row your boat gently down a stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. That song I like so much. You know that song. That song. You know it. You know it. it. What was that song again? Oh, yeah. Row, row, row your boat. (laughs) Everyone's favorite. That song, you know, that song I love to you sing. I love to hear you sing. Wow. It, I mean, it is, it's like, and I, you know, I know that like, yeah, the language barrier. I get that. But. Is it really like? Is this is it is it as simple an answer as that? Like, is it as simple as answer as oh, Italian director writing Americans because he th- the way he thinks Americans sound and talk in English, which is his second language, um, you know, delivered by American actors, amateur actors who are also being told who are being told explicitly do it this way, not. Don't try and fix this dialogue to make it sound like a human speaking it. <laughs> Pair Seriously, that with I think I think watching Best Worst movie and seeing the director in his natural state explains mm-hmm. everything. Because again, <laughs> he is completely clueless on why people are laughing. What do you think of you at the worst movie? I did a very good movie. If the other say worst movie, um it's uh, them, them problem, not my problem. My problem is to shoot a lot of movie. I want to shoot a lot of movie. I can't, I, I can't stop. Because to him, this is serious art. Everybody did the best they could. He wasn't happy with a lot of the actors, but they did what he asked them to do. I don't know, man. It's on his shoulders. It's a hundred percent him. Okay, here. Well, here's a curveball I'm throwing in, and this is because this is what I was. This is what I'm confused by, and maybe this is ex- this merely explained by them trying to save face, because more recently they've done interviews, Druidi and Fergasso, mm-hmm. and they've said no. Some of those things, no, no. That I. It was supposed to be this way. It was supposed to be a you know, a, a overtly com- com- overtly comedic movie. They've tried to. They've stepped. They've they've stepped back from that stuff. They they say in the documentary, where they go, no, it was intentional, because he doesn't. He, yeah, he doesn't want to look like a fool. Yes, is that entirely what it is? Just trying to save face. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. I mean, to see, to see his reaction when the movie like does tours and fills up auditoriums, and to get that reaction, because if it was a comedy. He would be in the back laughing with the crowd. If he knew that that was his intention, that's exactly how he would act. But he doesn't act like that. He is mad <laughs> at a lot of the reactions that he gets up and like disrupts a Q and A session. <laughs> yes, 
to try to prove people wrong and say, no, 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 no. I'm going to yell and be angry. I'm sure that will change people's minds. Dude, I'm telling you. It, it, that's not just that's not just, not just an act put on for the documentary? No. No okay. way. No I, there's a part way. of me. See, that's the thing. That's the problem with all this. And all these all of these people. It it I and it's it's just a matter of perspective on my part, maybe because I am not oblivious to the things I make. When you know, when I'm <laughs> if I was making this movie, I can't imagine not realizing what I'm making and just lean into it at a certain point, right? And then you when, but the problem is if you lean into it, that makes it less good. That makes it less entertaining. Right. You were talking, because you mentioned earlier, what's an, what makes it earnest? Like that earnest attempt that yeah. we are trying our best. Yeah. And I think, I mean, as we, you know, where I feel like we're going to end up watching a lot of these types of movies in this podcast is like, you know, uh, the trolls twos, the rooms of the world, Mm -hmm. these good, bad movies. What makes them good? What makes them, what sets them apart from just a bad, bad movie from a movie that you're like, Oh, like this is, it's inept and made poorly, but it's not entertaining. Right. Right. Why is it entertaining? Yeah. Why is it entertaining? Is it it because it's so otherworldly because there's no, there's no, because it's while technically competent, it is every single artistic choice in it is baffling. Yes, yeah, but yeah. that's but but in, in I think in Troll Two in in like specifically Troll Two, and like you see this also in Neil Breen movies and and things mm-hmm. like that where it's not empty, like it's not just like bland, boring things. It is bold, insane decisions. Like, everything involving corn in this movie. (laughs) Actually, I like popcorn. Dude, even the line, that line delivery is so bad. I like popcorn. That was, that, that's not how you were supposed to say it. (laughs) Do you like corn? I like popcorn. Not, I like popcorn. Actually, I like popcorn. Dude, is, yeah. Just simple but, shit like that, like blows you, my like, mind. I mean, like again, that is a like you look at that scene, right? And you have the witch, the druid, whatever she is. Uh, she's the and goblin it, queen. I'm very sorry, I apologize. To, <laughs> I apologize. My 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 poor my apologies to the goblin queen. Uh, it's a standard. It's a very trope. It's a very standard trope. Yeah. Seduction. You have a seduction scene, right? You have the 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 sexy, evil, yeah. queen character, right? And we, she's been frumpy, you know, and and kind of and weird looking for most of the movie. At this point, oh no, now she she's had her makeover. She's had her yeah, man. Her, take off her, her the rom-com, glasses. Her rom com makeover. Take off the glasses. Let down the hair. Let down the hair, and you suddenly she's like, oh hello, teen boy. Um, <laughs> I'm going to seduce you so that I can well, turn I you mean, into that was the whole purpose food. of the of that side story was, it was just like hey man we're going to go to this small town and fuck a bunch of girls Are you sure it's full of beautiful girls Elliot <laughs> lots of them free and unattached <laughs> yeah yeah while they all all those boys sleep in the same bed <laughs> together yeah they do dude <laughs> They've never seen a naked woman. I mean, they slip. They literally are sleeping on top of each other, and you're like, I, there's no. 
I don't know. May, my, maybe I'm just, I was just a repressed child, but as a teen boy, there was no way I was going to sleep next to another teen boy. We just, we'd sleep on the floor or like outside or something. Like there's nothing, I wouldn't, we would, we were so afraid of getting a boner. Of of being yeah close to a man yeah no you're not you can't you don't sleep right next to each other come on yeah you wake um, up and you just you can just feel it on your back <laughs> no, I don't have this personal experience um, because I was again deathly afraid of male to male contact because I was a child um, <laughs> it's it's like and you know none of those boys are they're again they're like the stereotype of what it and that's the thing like all of these characters are so stereotype like they're so, so over the top stereotype of of a horror movie yeah that you go like they have to be leaning to this but also then you get this sedu- seduction scene <laughs> seduction scene it, that's what it is <laughs> i but mean you're right it, in a normal movie, in a normal horror movie, uh-huh. this would be a seduction scene. But then it turns into corn. With that music, man. Exactly. Dude, that music is so good. The music in the whole movie. It's it's uh, just wonderful synths. Uh, again, it is that it it feels. It feels it comedic. Feels it feels it, yeah it feels purposeful like, yeah. it feels like there is intent like with this the the purposefully it's 199 like this movie 1989 yeah when they, when they shot it yeah and like there's better synths out there like it feels like they purposefully like let's make the most bog standard synth sounds and hammer in on the comedic beats with the synth no, they're like the, synth, the sax man the synth the sax. sax the synth sax which is maybe the worst thing that's ever been made by man is nah man that that's how you know it's sexy time <laughs> you have to have it you have to otherwise who how would you know oh <laughs> uh, troll two man like i i seriously do enjoy this movie so damn much uh i love quoting it i love showing it to other people um so whenever i i showed this last year at weird wednesday and i would say only a quarter of the crowd had seen it before okay and we had like 80 people in there by the end of the movie everybody was hooting and hollering by the end it's like what did i just watch i can't believe that it exists uh and they were grateful for seeing it <laughs> by the end, because I do believe that everybody needs to watch Troll 2 again as a group experience, because it is absolutely mind boggling as a film. Okay. I, I, this is an important question. Is this movie good? Mm. So is it a good horror movie? No, no is it, it, no. I'm just saying, is it good? So, okay, but but again, you can't do a blanket statement like that, in my opinion. Okay. It has to hit the right notes for what it tries to do. Like, if it's trying to be a horror movie, it's a bad horror movie. It's a bad horror movie. Do you have fun watching it? Yes, it is a lot of fun to watch. So if you're enjoying the movie, 
doesn't that make it a good movie? That's the question. I, I think that's the thing. Like, at a certain point, this becomes outsider art, where intention isn't the necessarily the most important question. Like, I, you know, a lot of times you that's how you judge art. You know, narrative art, at least, a lot of the times is what is the intention of the artist? Did they achieve that intention? And what is your what is the effect on the audience? I and I don't know what the intention of this film was. I like there that is completely opaque to me to make money is my first guess it's like oh we make a cheap we low it costs 100 grand to make we you know sell it to to some distribution company they put it in vhs uh, they put it in rental stores we make our money back and a little bit extra but i don't when you ask and when i say when i ask you oh is this movie good i'm like well every time i watch it i have fun especially when i watch it with other people Mm-hmm. Like it, it is, it, you know, it's basically like a party movie. Mm-hmm. You know, you can put it on, and you don't need to necessarily pay attention because the plot is nonsensical. Right. Uh, you can just go, oh, look at that, look at that, guys, popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> look at that, it's insane. Um, but it, is that that's good? I enjoy that. The, the does the, does that question even matter? Right. Is this so? Good? So yeah, I don't think it necessarily matters when it comes to personal uh, qualifications of a quote-unquote good movie. One, does it have rewatch value? Is it a movie that you'll be able to enjoy more than once? Yeah, that 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 takes a big box for Troll 2. Next one, does it convey, does it bring out emotions in you of any kind? Because if it doesn't, if it's just straight up boring and you don't care about anything that's happening and you're not having fun, you don't feel anything, it's a bad movie. But if you do, it doesn't matter if it was the director's intention or not, but if it does bring out those emotions and you do find yourself enjoying the movie, it's a good movie. This is a, we're, we're basically just on uh, the same principles is pro wrestling yes where as long as it evokes powerful feelings who cares yeah if it makes you angry if it makes you confused it makes you baffled makes you happy what does it matter if it's good right as long as it it, that makes it good that makes it good the fact that it is so powerful yeah if it is invoking emotions and you actually have something uh, invested in what you're watching it's a good movie and I think that's that's why a lot of these cult classics have, you know, even though they might have bombed at the box office, they eventually find their audience because it does convey emotions. And even though it wasn't financially successful, it doesn't make it a bad movie. So the, this is the, 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 the question, though, like, you know, the documentary, best, worst movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And what happens when you take away the bad label from it? You know, like, this isn't a bad movie either. You can watch just utter, like, trash that you can't hear what people are saying. Then half the movie's out of focus. The yeah. acting is even worse than this. Like, there's some, like, yeah, yeah I tried to bad watch a- Tenant. <laughs> Fuck that movie. I, we just want to listen to your movie, Christopher Nolan. 
Dude, I would just love to understand some of the fucking dialogue. I just want to hear it. I just want to hear what people are saying. Okay? Dude. That's all I ask. Dude. <laughs> Can I please hear the dialogue? Yeah. Because you're right. Okay. There are a lot of just like uh, functional, incompetent <laughs> uh, movies I mean, where it's just like, ugh, dude, so th- it's this not is fun a, to watch. Yeah. This like yeah, there's there's a there's so many of them. There's thousands of them now, especially now with how easy it is to release them, to make and release a film. Like you can shoot oh. one on your iPhone, yeah, and you can put edit, that in on, edit on your iPhone, edit on your iPhone and, and put it online. And is it professionally distributed? No, but it's out there. You yeah. can find it. You can go yeah. on Tubi or YouTube and find them very I mean, easily. It. Like, there's tons of shot-on-video uh, feature films out there that are good. You don't mm-hmm. have to have high production value in order to make a good movie. So, I don't know. Uh, I think... But that's the thing. Like, when you take away this movie as a bad movie, mm-hmm. it, it that like, that's... I think that, that honestly is the appeal to me about Troll 2, is the fact that this it starts to defy classification and starts to make make you question, like, what is film? Yeah. What, what, what because is art? It is, it is actually, like, professionally competent when it comes to uh, the actual execution of the film, the way it was shot, the way it was lit. You could hear everybody talk. Uh like there are some shots in there that are really cool, that are really good, there's, especially there's, for the budget. There's, I mean, there's like this is the thing I was going to ask you when I was watching this again, and this is the thing that never crossed my mind, but I think it makes sense given the time period, like late eighties, early nineties. This feels like if you just change the tone a little bit, you make the dialogue, you lean a little bit more into the camp, a little bit more. Purposefully with real actors, this becomes Tales from Tales from the Crypt episode. <laughs> oh, absolutely! You could do that. Yeah, yeah. Under there, under different direction with the exact same plot, uh, for sure. Absolutely. This this is that would fit perfect. And that's the thing where, like, and like, I think you, this is a PG thirteen movie, which mm-hmm. is it's a family film. It's a family. There is a fam. There are families in it too. You know, yeah, the, it, I mean, it, it, that's the theme, man. That's the theme. It's about it's, family. It's a. It's all about family. It's family. But PG thirteen, so you don't get a lot of the gore. You turn this R rated, and you make more. You make it gorier. It's and you, it's suddenly a that's a Tales from the Crypt episode. There's that scene where uh, yeah, the, if you if you had seen more boobs, it would definitely <laughs> seduction scene. All yeah, you get a topless scene from the Goblin Queen, um, with yeah. but then and you remove the corn. Or maybe you make the corn a more important part of oh, the story. Oh Lord! Oh my! <laughs> wow! Wow! Actually, I like popcorn. <laughs> but the chainsaw scene—that's the thing that really like when she is revving up a chainsaw and, gonna, and just starting to cut through the kid's legs that he's turned into a plant. No. Please, ma'am. I beg you. Uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do to me with that? Are you going to make him die? No, shit. For your friend. But this won't hurt you. You're just 
just feel a little tickled. A little flower. <laughs> if this film understood tone whatsoever, yeah. that scene would be actually very impactful. Mm-hmm. That would be really creepy. Mm-hmm. Where you're, you are, you because you get prepared, you're ready. You're like, oh no, she's gonna cut through him, and it, like it's gonna be terrible. And then he just starts giggling, and you're like, oh, that's even worse. That's even creepier. But it's not because the whole thing is so silly. Everything in this movie is so silly. Yeah. There's very few moments where that tension actually works. It does not work as a horror film, as you said. That's a, that's the other thing. When we and I think it, you know, it's a question we're going to have to. I think we're going to be answering about every movie. Basically, is you know, like, why is this a cult movie? Because, and how is it different than other cult movies? And at what point do cult movies stop being cult movies? Right. To me, I still I think that this is still very firm in cult status because there are small crowds that still uh, eat it up where. Something like the like Tommy Wiseau's The Room that has gotten way more national recognition uh, than Troll Two, in my opinion. I think I mean I think you're right. The Room is the movie where if you ask I think a random person off the street name a good bad movie, right. that is the one they'd probably would pick out like randomly. Troll Two is not quite to that level. Right, um, I, I would say it's it's like the McDonald's of cult movies, um, where it's just like, oh, I, everybody knows what that is. Like every every random, you know, white girl with a Starbucks in her hands. Oh, I know, I know the room. Are you trying to infer that the room is basic? Oh my god, it's so basic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's that, super that's basic. A pull, pull quote for the next uh, Blu-ray printing of the room that Tommy Wiseau will charge you fifty dollars for. <laughs> Seriously, and I, I think what I hate about movies that try to be cult from the very beginning, uh, you know, like Sharknado or Birdemic, yeah. uh, again, it's that uh, ingenuine feel. Where it's like, oh, look at all these bad movies that are getting all of this cult following. We can do that too. That's not how you make a cult movie, my friend. It is not how you do it. You need to go in with the intention of making a good, fun movie. Because if you go in saying, oh, this is going to be a midnight movie, dude, you're you're cutting your legs off. You have to try and make it. You have to be earnestness, right? Yes. You have to be honest that's what people connect to that's what people connect to why they they can appreciate movies like troll 2 is that they can recognize that that earnestness and that like artistic endeavor even though troll 2 sometimes makes me question it but i think yeah troll 2 obviously i think it certainly qualifies as a cult film um and will qualify as a cult film it's just too weird it's just too baffling. It will never, like, no matter what you learn about the behind-the-scenes stuff, it still functions so well on its own. You don't need to watch the documentary. You don't need to know anything behind the movie to watch it and enjoy it. It's it's there. Yeah, yeah. But I, I do believe that 
it raises so many questions organically that it will cause people to want to know more. Uh, mm-hmm. And I love that. I love that it 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 picks at people's uh, interests a little bit to be like, all right, that was fun, but how? There's nothing else like it that I've seen before. Why? How? Yeah, I love that. I think it's time. Great. Yeah. I think it's time for the gore score. The gore score. Did you tally it up? Uh, I mean, I didn't tally it up. Not, not at least I think I felt like, we, oh, we, we talked through it. Um, it can't be, obviously can't be 10 out of 10. Uh, there's, it's PG-13. But I think for a PG-13 movie, they, there's a good amount of, of goop. I don't think there's any red blood. In this entire entire movie, that everything is green chlorophyll blood, everything is green chlorophyll blood, which is okay, right? Yeah, for what it is. Yeah, it's, I mean, and it's Evil very Dead gross. Too. Evil Dead Two did a lot of that, even though they had red blood as well. Uh, yeah, it there, works. But we, but we got you know we got uh, we got multiple people bleeding green blood from their foreheads. We have a teenager almost suffocated in popcorn. We have chainsaw plant kid we have uh people li- liquefied i think there's a lot of body horror even you know you got the hallucination of the kid uh turning into a plant turning yeah. into the plant we have the actual oh my god uh turning into uh a tree uh like yeah there's a lot of that there's the when they actually drink or eat the green goop and it turns the i guess the i guess that's the naked mom's body on the dining room table and turns her into jello yeah at the end mhm uh so yeah a lot of eating of the flesh even though the flesh has been changed into chlorophyll might have to call this the voice score uh for this that movie <laughs> I don't know. Like I don't know. What what are we, what are we gonna rate I'm, this? I'm as? gonna. I would call this. I would call this a, a six point five out of ten. Uh, corn on the cob. Actually, I like popcorn. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I, yeah, that makes sense. Which is a. I think that's a strong showing for a PG thirteen movie. Absolutely. Honestly, like it, they do. It, like I think you, the MPAA very stupidly. <laughs> if it's not red. Uh-huh. You can splash it around like crazy. Yeah. But if it's red, no, you do that, it becomes an R movie all of a sudden. Yeah, because you're right. You're right. Because if, if that was a a woman's torso on the table and they were just peeling it apart like a freaking zombie movie mm-hmm. at the end, R rating. R rating. Straight up. Yes, absolutely. Um, but because it's green, because it just looks like green jello. Yep. It's fine. With nipples. PG thirteen. No. I, I yes. Weirdly, weirdly accurate sculpture of a woman's torso. Like, mm. do you need nipples on the green jello? Dude, I want to know if uh, they hired out to make that jello mold. You can find Troll Two streaming on Tubi. Uh, very easy to find. You don't have to pay anything to watch Troll Two. Thankfully, it's worth every dollar if you find it on Blu-ray. It's a good film to own because you can always break it out whenever you got people over. 
That's true. I mean, I'm I'm not saying for streaming purposes. If you're going to yeah. watch this by yourself, eh, you don't need to. But if you want to buy a nice Blu-ray copy, which maybe you can get yourself a, a package deal with the best with Best Wars movie, like Ooh. that's a good, it's a good pairing. That's, real, that's a good pairing. Um, but uh, it's also on you know Amazon, YouTube, all the big sites. Um, for those uh, of you that have already seen Troll Two but want more like Troll Two. Uh, what are some films that we can recommend for these people? Troll 2. I'm trying to think. It's this, kind of that. What's the, like the, it? <laughs> the, yeah, that's, I mean, that's some of the part of the beauty of the movie is there's not a lot out there that is exactly like Troll 2, like where it has this weird alchemy, right? Where it's like American production, but Italian filmmaker, uh, you know, foreign language filmmaker. I would, I would recommend Troll 1 just to show. That it is nothing like Troll 2. <laughs> I mean, like, it's a lot of those, I think a lot of the late 80s, early 90s creature feature movies yeah. that aren't, that are lower budget, low budget ones, like Ghoulies and things like that. Um, they get a little bit at it, like, with the, yeah. like, like, things like that. Any of the little um, rubber monsters. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Man. Troll 2 is just one of those movies that kind of stands in a category of its own a rock and roll nightmare maybe a little bit uh, of that. Mm, uh, i think a little bit not a lot but a little bit um yeah maybe maybe I think go check out the body of work from mr uh claudio fragrasso yeah Cause... that's i think i mean i'm gonna do that honestly this is where i'm going like i need to go back and like dig up some early 80s italian horror movie go look and... at his writing credits on IMDb as fast as you can because he wrote Terminator 2 in 1989. Now, it's not the Terminator 2 that you think. It's not Judgment Day, but that he did write <laughs> Terminator 2. Oh, I'm sure it's really good. Oh, I bet it's fantastic. And now it is time for our next segment. It's time for Trailer Trash. Trailer Trash, where we find trailers that have recently been released and talk about... If we like it, we don't like it, we're excited for the movie, or why the fuck is this being made? <laughs> and we're starting with... Uh, they clone Tyrone! They clone Tyrone. Dude, Netflix is getting weird, and I'm I'm for it. Alright, let's watch it. Oh, man. I think that looks absolutely fantastic. I It's the first Netflix show, movie, I guess. It's not a show, it's a movie. Um, that I'm actually, I think, excited about. I literally did not know this existed until you sent me the trailer for it. So they, yeah, they just dropped the trailer. Uh, man, this looks absolutely phenomenal. Uh, have you seen Black Dynamite? I no. I think we've had this this discussion okay, before. So they definitely pull a Black Dynamite um, with the chemical in the chicken and the purple drink, and because they do the exact same shit with uh anaconda malt liquor in uh black dynamite trying to control the black community um but holy crap i think it's a really cool uh genre film that kind of blends a bunch of different genres together mm -hmm. uh whenever you first see it and you see jamie fox like i thought it was set in the 70s and then then you see all the modern day cars and you're like oh shit okay so they're just gonna just kind of put it in a blender 
and throw it all together. It, it absolutely has, as, even with John Boyega, it remind, it's a little attack the block. There's a little bit of that kind of that the, yeah. the gang, the, you know, the the, the neighborhood, yeah. you know, t- ganging together, you know, defend the territory, that kind of thing. Um, a little bit of Jordan Peele uh, science fiction. Uh, Tayana Paris uh, yeah. actually stepping out of the Marvel universe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, doing some weird shit. I think Jamie Fox had just like signed a deal with Netflix, and was just like, "Hey, man, we're gonna do some weird shit." Because um, that's, I guess, this is the last few movies that he's done have been net Netflix movies. I mean, and I even the soundtrack choice. That's a good trailer. I think that's the thing we're gonna. It, that's a yeah. good trailer. The the somebody's watching me. Uh, that I, I'm pretty sure is a cover of it is solid uh, use, and the the cover the, the the color the the trailer is cut really well. It really yeah. It, it really it's sharp demonstrates like the 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 attitude and the style. Like that trailer is full of style. It's got style. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so uh, released on June thirteenth. We are recording this on the fourteenth. It already has four point five million views on youtube so people are watching this Mm -hmm. and i'm hoping everybody's excited for it uh maybe we'll follow up after this is released and talk about they clone tyrone and if it lives up to the trailer hype and comes out july 21st which uh a good summer movie honestly feels like it's that fun fun summer movie uh next all right next up is we have poor things uh, coming out uh, September 8th. This trailer was released uh, six days ago. Uh, so, Yorgos uh, Lanthimos, right? Is that my saying? I mean, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> right? Uh, so, his past films include... The Lobster, right? He, yeah, The Lobster. And uh, most recently, uh, The Favorite. I believe that was the most recent... Was the favorite? Yes, the favorite was the most recent. He also did Killing okay. of a Sacred Deer, which is like a uh, award winning. I really liked um, the favorite. I think that it is very clever, very well shot uh, for a period piece. It it was very modernly shot without it feeling weird and off putting. Uh, are you ready to watch the trailer for Poor Things? I am ready. All right, let's go. Whoa, dude, I'm excited. Yeah, that's another trailer that I think nails tone. I'm hoping that the movie is that tone. I think. I mean, visuals alone kind of sell me on the movie. I, I this is the one. This is the I had actually seen this trailer. Uh, I'd seen buzz about this on Twitter, and I watched it, and I'm like, I don't know what this is. It's a you know weird Frankenstein type story um yeah. but it is it, i mean with uh yorgos his movies are always slightly bizarre mm-hmm. and it looks like a great cast yeah willem dafoe uh, with emma stone uh, strange is like william dafoe just like hey my face is weird <laughs> yeah he looks he looks like the Frankenstein monster. Exactly. But but he's the doctor. Right. And I think that's like the, the, the changes in color. We have black and white to full color. The, very vivid color. Very vivid color. Uh, wide color palette. Uh, again, the use of like discordant music, uh, like a, uh, like a mm. 
the wind up toy uh, music almost. Um, yeah. Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> oh, dude, Ruffles. Ruffles, I like his. We don't get a single line of dialogue except for, oh. Oh. And it's like the way that he says it, I'm so excited to hear him do a terrible accent. And you know, like, uh, and like that's the thing because all the, his movies are also like these weird tonal like adventures. Like they're like, and I think that like they somehow work. Like it doesn't make sense, but they work. And that's the right. I'm always really impressed by filmmakers who can balance a weird mixture of tones and mm-hmm. and that tonal shifts that absolute that always work despite the fact that you, like they shouldn't. Like, how is this both serious and very silly at the same time? I think this looks like his most ambitious film to date, uh, where it is, it's truly embracing the absurd uh, compared to, like, The Favorite and The Lobster. They're set in what look to be realistic universes. Yeah. Right? Where this is just looks like a dreamscape, completely fantastical. This is a, this. This looks like a, a Tim Burton movie. I want to see. Oh man, mm, uh, I had to say it. I don't know. I don't know, man. This looks this looks better than no. That's what I mean. Tim Burton. <laughs> that's exactly what I mean. I don't want to no. see most. I don't want to see Tim Burton movies anymore. But this looks like hey, a harkens yeah. back. Big to, fish. Exa- I mean, big fish was probably think the last the last real big. Uh, hit for old tim burton but uh yeah poor things looks fantastic comes out uh september 8th and we'll just have to wait all summer long to see if it it actually matches the tone of the trailer i was gonna say that's the only concern is like i'm is it gonna can it handle that can it handle being this most like these disparate things with different uh visual uh palettes and all that stuff i don't know we'll see right yeah i'm curious yeah we'll have to judge it as a film but as a trailer i think it's good trailer i think it works, it works. i think it's a very I'm good sold. trailer all right last on the docket for trailer trash today we have teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem the new tmnt uh wow uh so when trailer. they first when they first announced uh that they were making this and that seth rogan was behind it I was really skeptical because, again, this this franchise has seen so many different iterations over the years that we have seen these characters as big, monstrous adults. We've seen them in rubber suits, and from good to bad, multiple cartoon series. Um, so they're going back to animated. Uh, this is the second trailer. This is the, actually the first full official trailer that they released. What we saw in the teaser trailer, we got a good taste of the art style and art direction and a little bit of the character. So it's very obvious that they're they're emphasizing finally the teenage mm-hmm. of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That these feel like kids. And the art style is 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 kind of sloppy. Grungy. Uh very grungy. Um I say it's it's very similar to uh End of the Spider-Verse. Absolutely. Um, I don't think this movie, I don't think it, this movie gets made the way it looks without Spider-Verse being a big hit. Right. Exactly. Like the, from the first trailer, everything is oblong. Like even the sewer cap, right? The, the, the lid to the sewer was not proportional and it just kind of leans into 
we're just going to have fun with it. We're not going to be serious. Uh, I, I don't know. Let's, let's, let's watch the first official trailer that came out two weeks ago. Oh, man. Okay. Thoughts? I mean, I want to see it. It looks fun. I don't know. That's yeah. like that's the thing I come with. Like that, just, it just looks fun. It does look fun. It looks like a lot of fun. Finally, I I enjoy the voices. Uh, I yeah, I'm I'm really excited for it. Uh, so I I have two small kids. My my kids are four and seven. They love Ninja Turtles. Uh, whenever I showed them the first trailer, they were like, "Okay, okay, that's a little weird." And then I showed them this trailer, and they were both just cracking up, especially my seven-year-old. So it's hitting the mark. It's finding the right audience. Um, as an adult who grew up with Ninja Turtles, I think it's I think it stays true to the archetypes of the characters. I think the only thing that I I don't like is the design of Splinter. I'm I think it's fine. I, and I like I like most of it. I think there I, I follow actually one of the lead art uh, leads uh, for the film on Instagram, and mm-hmm. he's basically been posting nonstop about it. But I think there were some like he he literally was like those are his eyebrows, guys. Like I like I think it's just like yeah, I think they went a little maybe a little too a little too crazy with with Splinter made him a little too I don't I don't know how to describe it, but I think I agree with you. Like it's a little off. But yeah. eh, I, I don't nitpick. mind the voice casting. I think Jackie Chan yeah. as as Splinter works. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we'll ever. I think the best iteration of Splinter was from the actual the TMNT movie uh, that came out. Uh, was it like two thousand eight? Mm, yeah, I think it was two thousand something like yeah. that uh, with Mako as Splinter. That's the perfect voice, in my opinion, for Splinter. Uh, that old Japanese rough gruff. Yeah. I think there's, yeah. there's a little bit of, I, the turtles are all great. I, I really, I like, I love that they're, they're kids in this, like they're teenagers. They're legitimately teenagers. Um, dude, Donnie's voice cracking is great. Yes. I, there's a little bit of a stunt casting for, I think the rest of the cast, like, you know, they have like ice cube. I don't mind Ice Cube, honestly, but like when you get to like, oh, John Cena is Rocksteady or Paul Rudd is the Gecko, you're like, okay. I mean, like, yeah, they can do it. Of course they can. But yeah, they're not voice actors. I, I, I always rankle a little bit when you get yeah. a bunch of just Hollywood actors to do the voices. Do voices. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, not that they're bad or anything. It's just like, no, there's a bunch of voice actors who are voice actors. And so like that, I think, I think, uh, the, the, the latest thing that ruffled my feathers was again, the, the, the Mario brothers movie mm-hmm. that just came out. Uh, there are certain casting choices that are phenomenal. I think Charlie day as Luigi works. Absolutely works. He has, he has a very distinct voice, right? Mm hmm. Uh, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, I wasn't sold. And then I saw, <laughs> they put the stupid Seth Rogen laugh with Donkey Kong. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, that, that, that works. But, uh, Anna Taylor-Joy as Peach, absolutely replaceable. Uh, Chris Pratt as Mario, absolutely replaceable. Um, Jack Black as Bowser, not the choice I would have made. But it works for what they did. 
So again, it just depends on how they use those actors. And so if if they use them to their strength, like Ice Cube as Superfly. <laughs> That's the one actually that I would like, okay, I, if you're going to have like, it'd be a, an Ice Cube, he carries that, he has that bravado. He has the ability. He has a distinctive voice. He has a distinctive voice. I don't mind that necessarily, but when it's like, why is Paul Rudd here? Like he doesn't need to. Like he I love Paul Rudd. Doesn't necessarily have a distinctive voice, but he's just he's another actor. Like he's especially when he's just voice acting. Like I don't need, uh, like Hannibal, Hannibal Burris. I can even see like that's Hannibal Burris also has a very distinctive voice that you oh could, yeah you could use. Um, but I'm excited about the movie. It looks really good. I'm I'm the, probably this might be the first. This, I haven't seen a Turtles movie in theaters. Uh, maybe ever so this might be the first what? one. what i mean i was oh, five man. when the first one came out so i didn't see that so and i saw my my first turtles experience in the theater was uh ninja turtles 3 uh when they go back in time and it was man i remember being bored in the theater and so disappointed <laughs> um because we loved i mean heck uh the first two were on repeat in our house uh, they hit us at the right age, and then the third one came and was just like, "What the hell did you do? It looks ugly. It's gross. I don't want to see it." Um, and then I definitely went and saw TMNT in the theater. That first uh, animated movie that's actually a sequel to the first three, and it has connective tissue. Um, they go back to that, and then the the Michael Bay produced Turtles. Oh man, um, I. Wasn't a fan of the first one. I actually enjoyed the second one. Have you seen the second one? I have not. I was after I watched the first one. I'm like, oh, I'm good. So the second one has more fun. They introduce Bebop and Rocksteady. Uh, they have Baxter Stockman in there. They they try to have a little bit more fun with it. They pull Krang in there as well. Uh, so it 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 attempts to be a little bit more uh, familiar with the the original material where the first one was just like man this feels very disjointed from what we have seen before uh with ninja turtles i am i think i one th- final thing to say is that i'm super glad they did not go with shredder as the villain i'm i'm glad that they have i love shredder don't get me wrong yeah but right to this helps put the focus on the turtles yeah i think it's a good introduction to this this era of Ninja Turtles. So whenever we do get Shredder, uh, it's we don't have to worry about a huge adjustment, right? We now are introduced to these characters. Hopefully, they're built up pretty well. That whenever the, se- the in- inevitable sequel, I mean, comes I, out, I already am predicting a shred a post credits Shredder appearance. I'm I'm guessing. Yeah. Everything, everything has an extended universe. And, and my boy Casey Jones, will pro- I'm presumably that will be in the sequel as well. Uh, right. Uh, so I'm just, I'm just curious the direction that they choose to go with Turtles. I'm definitely going to see it. Uh, comes out August second. And a good, again, a fun summer movie. This is that's just lovely, just lovely. Uh, yeah, and really, a, oh, also a really good trailer. Again, the good music choice. Can you like the? Uh, yeah, really, really strong. Um, 
good some good pun- some good jokes you know so we got a couple punchlines mm-hmm. going on but also a little bit of mickey mousing going on little, with the music mm-hmm. cues uh i yeah it's a solid fucking trailer man uh i there are, there's a handful of movies coming out this summer that i finally feel like we're getting old school summer movies back uh it's been a minute you know pandemic shut down so much that it just feels like we haven't had a good summer worth of movies in a while. Yeah. And, dude, uh, I think we're off to a pretty good damn start. Yeah, uh, I think so. So, that's it for Trailer Trash for this week. Uh, we can move on to uh, our next segment. Do that. New Blues. So, where we talk about upcoming releases of physical media, specifically. Dun, dun, dun. Physical media. Yeah, specifically Blu-rays. Um, so, what I want to talk about on this portion is a new release from arrow called enter the video store empire of screams comes out on june 27th so two weeks about from where we're recording this uh it's got five movies in it the dungeon master dolls cellar dweller arena and robot jocks uh, there's a handful of, so specifically Arena and Robot Jocks, I'm very excited to see uh, get a new remastered treatment, and I'm hoping that they look nice and clean and they're good transfers. Arrow typically doesn't put out shitty looking transfers. I've, Have you seen any of these movies? I've seen, Robin? yes, I've seen some of them, and I was, I'm, you know, I'm always happy to see uh, you know, these weird forgotten things kind of dredged back up, cleaned up and released yeah. widely so that everyone can see them. Like, especially movies like, yeah, I think you're talking about arena. Like I'd never heard of that. I was, when we were talking before I had confused it with fortress, um, which is not, it's still good. It's still good. It's a good Stuart, Stuart Gordon. Yeah. Um, I think that's why did dolls. That's in this. I think but... that's why I, like he did robot, robot jocks too. I think, but I think it's Stuart Gordon as well. Yeah. it's also Stuart. Stuart I think Gordon. that's why uh, I thought arena was also like, I thought it was fortress. Um, but the fact that I'm like, Oh, I've never heard of arena, but now it's getting a, a, a proper physical release with a, like a relatively cleaned up. Like that's awesome. And like, it was a pretty nice, it's a nice package. It, you know, when you get uh, obviously dungeon master, the most important film ever made. <laughs> is it now oh no it's not very good but it is it it's, has value <laughs> it's not it's not uh anything with charles band in charge is a is is gonna be a mixed bag i think that's a that's a very generous way to describe the dungeon master mixed bag it does have it does have the the adam savage line in it though which i think is the, probably the most famous thing about that movie is the the I reject your reality and substitute my own, which became more famous from Abba Savage of Mythbusters saying it than ever became from Dungeon Master. Right, right. Yeah, man. But I do love Richard Mole. Oh, yeah. Uh, He's a bull. <laughs> it's bull from Night yes, Court. Yeah, bull from Night, from Night Court. Uh, anything with him in it, I am a sucker for. Uh, and very excited to see, again, the quality that's going to be released because... Um, I'm looking through these, and I, I'm not sure uh, any of these have been released other than Robot Jocks. See, Dolls, Dolls did get a Blu-ray release a little while back. Um, Cellar Dweller 
Cellar Dweller is another I've never heard did of. Did not. Never heard of Cellar Dweller. I've, I'm completely unfamiliar with Cellar Dweller, but I'm excited about oh. Arena, I know, has not had a Blu-ray release yet. And then Robot Jocks, when was that one? So they had one that came out in like 2015. Uh, Shout Factory did one. So I'm curious if it's... It's got to be a new transfer. Normally when Arrow gets their hands on stuff, it's a brand new... Oh man, I need to see Cellar Dweller. In the 30s, a horror comic artist creations come alive and kill him. Years later, a new cartoonist revives the creatures in his house and now part of an artist colony. That sounds awesome. That sounds fantastic. Like EC Comics creatures come to life. Oh, that's yes, that's awesome. I need this. I need, yeah, I need so I've that. I've already got it pre-ordered. I will get it uh, on the twenty seventh. Uh, it's on sale right now on Amazon for seventy dollars and fifty nine cents. Uh, Absolutely, I think it's going to be worth it. Uh, I think Arrow is gonna is going to give us a nice little package. I love the packaging too. It looks really nice. Yeah, it's a good. I'm a sucker for good for good for good packaging. Um, I wanted to shout out. I don't know. If it, it doesn't have a release date yet, but it says for the summer. Um, Frank Hadenlotter, Bad Biology, his most extreme, insane movie is finally getting. I have not seen this one. I I am completely unaware of. I, that this actually really I mean I've only exists. I've only seen parts of it and I'm really interested to see it. Like I don't I don't I might hate it. Like that's the thing. So, I don't know if I'll like it, but I want to see it. So there was there is a Blu-ray release that are, that came out in 2011. Okay. Um I'm looking at it right now. So February 11, 2011, Shriek Show uh put this one out. Again, I'm a huge Hendon Lauder fan. That dude has made some fantastic films. I I love Brain Damage. I love Frankenhooker. Basket all three basket cases are fun. Uh but I never even heard of Bad Biology. So I I am very curious. Uh and if this is a perfect reason to uh perfect excuse to get the new get a new four K release and see what kind of nonsense <laughs> so so 2000 2008 uh shot on 35 millimeter man i'm uh, you have my interest i definitely am now, gonna try to track this down you have my attention <laughs> now you have my attention uh because I'm, I'm curious to see um how hen lauder evolved as a director because again majority of his stuff was 80s 90s yeah so brain damage 88 frankenhooker 1990 basket case 3 in 91 uh dude like they were all back to back so brain damage 88 basket case 2 in 90 uh uh, frankenhooker in 90 and then basket case 3 in 91 so he was just like cranking them out i think he actually shot basket case 2 and frankenhooker back to back with the same crew. My God. Yeah. Uh, so I showed Frank and Hooker at one of my weird Wednesdays because Troma now owns the rights to that. And uh, they were kind enough to let us show that. And whenever I was doing my research on Frank and Hooker, he shot back to back with the exact same crew, two movies, which is absolutely incredible that it's not just a sequel 
uh, where it's it's not like you know Lord of the Rings, right? Right. Where we're just going to shoot three movies of the same story, right? Uh, with the same cast and everything. This is two completely different movies, but with the exact same uh, crew. That's brilliant. <laughs> so yeah, okay, two thousand eight. I'll see how it is. I mean, uh, when when when's the when's the uh, drop date for Bad Biology? It doesn't. It doesn't have. They don't have Severin Films. Is not. Had, does they say it's summer sale reveal? So I'm assuming sometime during the summer. Um, but it does not have a final release date on there yet. But I just was felt like from Severin. Severin, yeah. And okay. I, I didn't see it. All right. So we got we got to follow Severin Films on ye old social medias. Uh, they're definitely on Twitter. Are they on the Instagrams? I, I think so. I f- I'm not sure, honestly. But if you if you like the kind of stuff that you, we talk about on the Cult Video Vault, uh, Severin, Arrow, Vinegar Syndrome, uh, go follow those uh, boutique labels for your latest, greatest physical media that uh, you probably won't see on the shelves at Best Buy. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a safe bet. Probably safe, but it won't be. It won't make it. Yeah. All right. So that's it for new blues. Uh, before we go, the show is on Instagram at Cult Video Vault. That is Cult Video Vault. There'll be a link in the show notes. Follow us there because we will be putting out a call for listener questions on the regular, and that will be the only place to contact us. Also, please leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you use. Reviews are super helpful getting us visibility. We really appreciate it. I'm on all the social media as my name, Robbie Dorman. My website is RobbieDorman.com. Uh, I don't really, all my books are on there Buy my horror novels. My newest is war on humanity. It's a sequel to war on Halloween. My first sequel. Very excited about it. Uh, it's available wherever you buy your books. Uh, Greg, where, where, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at the moviemutant.com where you can access all of my social medias there. And if you're ever in Fort Worth, Texas, I host Weird Wednesday on the first Wednesday of every month. It's a nice little night market and movie screening uh, where we watch movies just like Troll 2. Uh, That'll do it for us. I'm Robbie. I'm Greg. And see you next time in the vault.